The Podcast Show. Giving ideas a voice. Hello and welcome to The Podcast Show, a show where we feature podcast hosts and their journeys in podcasting here in Asia. My name is Yixing, your host for today, and I'm joined by a special guest, Sheila Osman. <laughs> Hello everyone, it's so nice to sit in the guest seat, I'm so excited. <laughs> is this your first time in the guest seat? No, uh, yes, no. Yeah. Does, yeah. it, does it feel different? It is. Better view? No? It feels, it feels different, but not like, I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's interesting. Do do you feel a bit more relaxed in a oh, sense? Of course, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I totally get you. I was in that seat just now. <laughs> but it was interesting, right? To get yeah, yeah. It's I I think you know as a as a guest you, uh well maybe a different kind of stress, but not really. You know, the host is a bit more stressful. Like oh no, what you if you never do a whole lot of thinking? Everything yeah. just flows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you actually do you think? I mean, no. <laughs> it's not like that. No, I'm sorry. I'm laughing because it's a funny question. Uh, apparently, no. I actually just sit down and just stare. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You think, therefore you are. No, you definitely think. But I think <laughs> sitting on the host seat, you have to be quick on your feet and yeah, you have to constantly like... Yeah. So is it, you know, as you're talking to the guest, mm. it are you in at the back of your mind thinking of the next question or, or how to... It's a mix of both. I think when I was hosting and when I am hosting, it's actually my brain is split into a two split screen. Mm. So I have a listen to conversation and actually be quick on my feet as well. I'm not trying to like see... I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the, the decks and seeing what, what the next question is. But yeah. I also have to see what how the conversation goes as well. So it's like... Uh, exactly. You know? Well, I think it's really tough. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's okay. I think pre-planning actually works mm. a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. Right, yeah. Ah, so cool. Now you're the guest and you have to tell us about your <laughs> podcast. Excited. Uh, okay. <sighs> okay, a breather. So if anyone does not... I think my friends are listening in, but yeah. Um, so <laughs> my podcast, my personal podcast is actually called A Dossier, which is A-E. A-E. Yeah, and Dossier is in like for catalogue. The reason why I should go into a little bit um, of the history of the name... So, A dossier, A-E means love mm. in Korean. I'll tell you why it's in Korean. And oh, dossier... Uh, it's not sarang. Sarang-e. Sarang-e. Oh, so A is the, is the love part. Yeah, it's the called love. Sarang. sarang is not love, man. Sarang is... <laughs> in Malay, I know what it is. <laughs> in Malay, I know what it is. But uh, I think Sarang-e as a whole... I picked A-E because they use it in names as well. Especially ah, in Korean names. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Uncharted Territories once again. <laughs> but they use mm. AE as in for, I mean, in romanization, it's mm, AE, mm, but of mm. course in Hangul, it's mm, a different thing. Mm. Uh, but it's called love. So okay. that's why I, I called it Love Dossier. The reason why I call it Love Dossier is because um started in April 2018, last year. Um, and the reason behind studying a dossier is because I wanted to reach out to people. The same as you as well. We had this conversation earlier on. Um, I think it's a medium for me to reach out to people and not say educate. I am not an expert in anything by any sense at all. But I just wanted to reach out to people, like be it for my friends. As it, or it originated from my friends, actually. Mm. Uh, because I'm always the person who people 
fuck my friends are gonna roll <laughs> their eyes right now but I'm always a, the friend who would always be there and have a listening ear and they'll always come in, come to me with their, their <laughs> problems, you see? So I get what you mean. <laughs> it's not only that, it's also my parents as well. I'm being the first doctor. Every I'm a problem solver. Your parents go to you for yeah. advice. <laughs> wow. For everything. That's amazing. So, <laughs> like, uh, being the, personally being the first doctor and everything, I'm constantly on my feet to problem solve. Mm. So... That's the story behind Eidosie. And also, it's much more of an infotainment, if mm-hmm, I can call it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to come up with like dry content. I mean, I try to challenge myself and come up with different contents. Like, uh, I'm a nerd. I like uh, science. I like religion. Oh, really? Okay. I like philosophy, quantum physics and all that stuff. Mm. But um, I also want to challenge myself and come up with current affairs, which I can't escape because my father watches the news every day. I've, mm. always talked about, I've always talked about my father like most of the time. Um, music as well. So I try to talk about a different range of things that people wouldn't think about and also a mixture of things that people would think about. Mm. So that's in just what a dossier is. <laughs> but why love the why love catalog? Because, okay, let me try to put this down in the best words that I can. Um, love dossier because one adulthood is hard. Uh-huh. I'm thirty two right now, and the challenges that it's I went hard. through makes me feel like I'm fifty years old. Oh gosh! Sorry for the fifty years old listening <laughs> right now. They're gonna be like, "What do you mean?" Um, I think adulthood is very hard mm. and the obstacles that you go through and the reason why as a person right now I laugh at inappropriate things is because <laughs> that's the only thing that helps you to survive and love dossier I want it to ser- I, I want to serve it to people as a medium for them to mellow down and just mm. relax from all mm-hmm. the crazy things in the world responsibilities and you know personal problems and politics and everything else so I just wanted to come to ADOC and say okay let's just listen to ADOC right now and just laugh and have a good laugh or probably learn something a thing or two that would they can apply to their lives mm. yeah Wait, so for your podcast mm. Most of the time you, you're the only one you, you don't really get guests monologue and monologue. lots of stingers uh-huh. so Kylie was saying that mm. You, you play some sound effects when <laughs> lots of it it was uh, I think it's a it's induced with lots of stingers because mm. you know the trouble with when you're doing a monologue you, it's like I say it's a one man show yes there's no like live reaction there's no nothing exactly none at all but mostly it's a I'm slowly going to guess mm. uh, then again but mostly mainly it's actually monologue my uh, head I was a guest on one show, but I put it on uh, ADOC mm. as well. And then I had a guest on um, another episode, which is from New York. We were talking about New York earlier mm. on. So, so far, it's those two. I'm looking forward to more guests in the future. Is there a reason why you chose to do monologues? Mm, no specific reasons, but I think... Um, it's a mixture of everything. The reason why I do monologues is because I want one. I want to story tell, of course, mm. and I want to share what I have learned. Because there's only if you everybody goes on Facebook, everybody goes on Instagram. Most of the time, it's unnecessary information. Mm. So the reason why I do monologue is I want to package uh, very precious information, which is like probably politics or everything like that, in a nice package, in a compact package that they can just listen to and get the gist out of it. So you don't have to go through. This is really bad. Newspapers are going to run out of business, but you don't. Have, <laughs> you don't have to go through uh, like a blog. Everybody starts blog back then, right? Mm. But. 
it, it's the problem with that is I read a lot. I love books. Like I say, I'm a nerd. But the problem with blogs is it's too wordy sometimes. Right. So so you're someone that through listening you can take in the information better. Okay. Very true. That's one of the motives for uh, A dossier. Cool, cool, cool. Wow. And how many episodes have you had so far? I think now my trouble with my podcast is mm. I'm finding time to actually oh, do it yeah, because definitely. it's a one-man show, right? You would... Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> like for now as well. Um, episodes now, I have about 10. I have mm-hmm. two portions for a dossier. I have the main one and I have uh, offsite as well. Mm. Main one would be infotainment. Try to make it funny as hell. And offsite is uh, about my, not personal life, but about my personal growth as in what I'm going through daily in mm. life. And I curse a lot on them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you want that to be um, like uh, sharing, but also for people who, who are going through similar things, mm. I guess, to, to have that kind of connection. To relate as well, yeah. yeah. Not something that, they, I think it's a two-way prong. Not something that they can learn from, but also something they can relate to. Mm. Actually, I was just thinking mm. that uh, sometimes I will listen to podcasts with friends mm. and things like that. And if... Sometimes the topic that the the host talks about mm. can be a form of conversation starter for the two of you, right? So it's you know it serves that purpose as well. Maybe yeah, yeah your your episode talks about um, like I, I was looking at one of the offside one. There was, there was one about like, asshole consumers or something. Did I? <laughs> oh, you know it. why? You know why? I uh-huh. think most of my uh, offside is actually from daily experiences. I, I, I think there was one. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. There was, there was. Forgive for the language, <laughs> guys. But yeah, but yeah, yeah there was. Um, so my background is actually from. I am heavily from the retail background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did ten years in customer service in retail, mm. and I did a little bit of probably less than two years of marketing on the side, intern, and also. Um, doing it with friends as well so you've seen a lot of people oh, lots of people I talk to lots of people and I think that's the effect of being a bar it seems like I'm a bartender because every time people not only shop but they will come to you and they will tell you things that would not you know like doesn't relate to you itself so yeah uh, 10 years retail what else marketing yeah mm. What were we talking about? Sorry, train of thoughts is lost. Ah, me too. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I <clears throat> sorry, I wanted to talk. Oh a bit wait, about, asshole mm. consumers. Oh, that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's something that I think a lot of people can relate to because it's true. Do you know that customer service is like, is for me personally, mm. retail apparel is not that bad. But I've worked in a call center before, oh, okay. which I so wouldn't that say. That was what. worse. That was ridiculous. Ridiculous! It's so stressful. I'm sorry, but it's not the company. It's the job scope itself. Mm. You deal with people who is already on the line, wanting to complain about yeah, and you have to problem solve then. Then, you know, so it's really difficult. So apparels is fine. I think telcos, telcos, and I think Graham would know this a lot because I think he came from a telco, but not in the call center, but. I think he would. I think he said he started from that. Yeah, demographics of uh, telecommunication, telecommunications customers, but yeah, customer service is hard. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. That's why asshole consumers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you talk about such things and I guess at the end of the day, uh, I think what you do well, it's not just a complaint session, mm. right? Because why why should we listen to someone else just complaining, mm. right? So do you try to bring in your, your own? I think you were saying that um, you you want you always want to make your uh, your content more 
not really say neutral, but mm. to give both sides of the story, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... That's true. Yeah, how do you how do you make sure? Is that why you do monologue and narrative also so that you can kind of plan out, um, you know, do more research and plan out what you're going to say from both sides? That's... Yeah. That's very true, actually. Um, I think it goes on... Like I say, it's a two-prong approach as well. I just don't want people to learn as well, when people relate as well. Mm. Um, research... Also, it's a learning point for myself. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. And I think offsite is much more, like I said, coming from the customer service background. There's lots of people, like real time, you know, interaction that you have, and oh, it makes you think a lot about humanity, right? Exactly. That's why I'm into like social science and mm, philosophy too, too. and all those stuff. You see, because the human mind. Sorry, I'm digressing right now, but for me, I think the most beautiful thing a piece of art for me since we connected through art but <laughs> I think the most beautiful thing about human beings is actually their brains mm, and we and know so little about it exactly that's the thing that's why I actually covered uh, there was an episode mm. in a dossier where I covered trigeminal neuralgia what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> is this your nerd self showing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. You can see a lot of nerd side in Eidos. Yeah, um, just in a GS trigeminal neuralgia. It was with uh, Amanda Young, who is from New mm. York. So, like I said, the reason why I talked about that was because I have migraine on a constant basis for mm. myself personally. I still have that now. Um, and then, I, of course, when you have something going on with yourself, you would actually Google it and see what the symptoms are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where tr- I stumbled upon trigeminal neuralgia and I met Amanda... Uh, not met, sorry. I saw Amanda Young's video on MSNBC. Mm. Shout out to Amanda. Um, and she suffers... Uh, she has trigeminal neuralgia for the longest time. It's called... A, it's called... It's labelled as a suicide disease. I don't really like the label and mm. she agrees with that as well if you listen to the interview. But um, like I say, the pain rate for trigeminal neuralgia is the same as uh, birth oh my gosh it's, it's the, it affects the same yeah. part of the brain yeah okay and so is that it, it's the same as migraines or it's not it's uh, I think migraine would be a small like a minuscule part of, part of uh, trigeminal neuralgia but oh. trigemin- trigeminal neuralgia has no cure for it so okay. what Amanda uh, facethechange.org if you guys want to, if you guys have it you should actually go to Amanda's website facethechange.org uh, she just goes for acupuncture okay right now uh, she's a social worker as well so it's actually interesting I'm digressing right now but yeah well yeah but it's just so interesting <laughs> I mean I don't know what are the symptoms uh, the symptoms okay the I asked her how she found out. Yeah. I think that would actually give you a better insight of her. how she found out was when um, she is also a fitness instructor, mm-hmm. other than being a social worker with children uh, and adolescents as well. So when she was having a fitness session one day, you know, she has microphone. They have to wear microphones, right? Yeah. Right on their cheek mm-hmm. and it's taped there. So while she was doing her, uh, doing her routine, she felt like a sharp electric, Oh. pain on her cheek and she was like wait this must be the microphone yeah yeah so she put it off she took it off a couple of times and then she put it on again Amanda correct me if I'm wrong sorry uh-huh. <laughs> I might get the story wrong but this is what I can recall from mm-hmm. the interview she took it off and then she put it on again but she still feels the pain that's where she realised that something is wrong somewhere mm, and then she went to consult yeah and even when she went to consult see like medical terms like this not all the doctors would know like yeah, when she yeah. first consulted she, she didn't know as well yeah but, yeah that's why she created awareness in faceachange.org is it 
And and like you, this was split into a couple of episodes, right? For this interview, uh, for yeah, it's actually split to three because it was a good conversation. She is a bundle of joy to talk to. She's really she has a good energy, even though suffering, you know, like TN. Mm. She's very positive, very very positive, and she's one of my like inspirations as well. Because to be suffering from an illness and surviving on a daily basis, obstacles in life, as I have said, is actually very difficult. So to be doing that is mm. kudos to her. And 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 how were the three episodes mm. being split up? Were there a topic for each? Uh, I think the trouble with that was I actually screwed up on the editing. Oh, okay. <laughs> we all do, we all do. Because it was my first, uh, mm. Amanda was my first guest on the aid. Okay. okay. So I wanted the story to be right and I wanted to be out as soon as possible. I didn't want to keep it. So I was rushing the process uh, halfway through. That's why I split it mm. uh, into three. But the splitting part is actually quite difficult. I use GarageBand. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> um, I think now that I know, I mean, I know Audacity actually <coughs> exists. Excuse me, actually exists, but it's just that I didn't got around to using it. Right, GarageBand right. is, m- I do, I like doing things manually. Mm-hmm. So when I do GarageBand and my like my audio friends actually come, why are you using GarageBand? It's so <laughs> difficult. It's like, yeah, I know, I'm gonna change. So yeah, that's I how see. I actually edit it. But so actually, it was one long interview that you split up. Yeah, mm. and uh, how do you reach out to her? Because she wasn't your friend or anything. Right? Uh, when I saw her, when I was researching, I saw her on I saw her video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. She was on MSNBC, and then uh, I found her on Instagram. Sent her an email via my A dossier official email, and she replied back. Cool! Oh my gosh, she has an official email. <laughs> okay, yeah, see, that's good. That's like so official. <laughs> I have to. I mean, I try to start with the mind of you get a brand mm. everything you mm-hmm. see so people are like oh okay you know she's have to take it more seriously yeah right? exactly yeah. but like I said monetization I don't think I'm getting there I'm much more of the connections right kind of yeah we can talk a little bit about yeah. that actually so uh, just now as when Shida was interviewing me and then mm. we were both saying that we're still doing our podcast as a hobby and we want to keep it as something pure in that sense mm. uh, so yeah maybe just share a little bit about that what you think on monetization yeah you know Okay, the, um, as per the conversation that we had, like me and Yijing had before this, uh, see, the trouble is, okay, I'm going to like digress and actually go back. Mm. If, as a musician, <clears throat> excuse me, as a musician, if you're a musician, like, I was in the music background as well for mm. a bit, for the long, uh, for I think a couple of years. If you are not mainstream or commercialized music, you always, you, the trouble of, wanting to come out with content mm. in your craft is money. Mm. Let's face it. Oh yeah, it like you don't have the money to buy and the, the resources. Yeah. Correct, right? Yeah. But for me, I think it has come to a point where for right now, I'm happy with my craft. I'm happy with the way I research things and mm. how things are going. If monetization was to happen, which for my podcast pertaining to that, yeah. I actually have problems with. Because in Asia, we don't do ads and sponsors, like in Singapore itself. I've never heard of any actually. Right? Yeah. See, that's the thing. I I knew from a friend. Mm. Which so I'm how do they make money? Um, they have. What I learned from shout out to you know who you are. I'm gonna like <laughs> name drop your podcast name later. But uh, he told me that if I have businesses 
friends, uh, sorry, friends and businesses and, you know, business partners and stuff like that. If they have a business, like probably I can actually just say that, you know, uh, this is sponsored by blah, 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 blah. But it's actually a friend's, like at the same time, it's a two-prong approach as well. Oh, you kind of... Uh, so you're yeah, saying I, that you're sponsoring, you know, yeah, you're sponsoring yeah. them and as well, you're, uh, you're giving out like advertisement space exactly. for your friend's business as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought that it was a genius idea, but mm. my problem was my connections was all creatives. Oh yeah, so they get you like, no one has money, la, la, la. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. That's my problem. Oh, and ads yeah. like it's so big in America and Europe itself. Mm. So, but for your for the people that you know mm. who reach out to uh, I guess local business owners, mm. um, is it also a significant amount that they can leave off it, or do they still do it as like a side hustle? Mm. For now, from the people I know, it's a mixture of both. The podcasters that I know personally, uh, personally. Okay, most of them actually do it on the side. Mm. Uh, they have day jobs as well. But I know one who is doing it full-time. But that's because he has him and uh, his team actually okay. has wow, a background okay. of broadcasting. I see. So the network is there. Cool. And and do they just... Um, I know f- for you, you're on all the main um, podcasting mm, um, platforms. platforms, right? Yeah. And for them as well? Or, or do they also do radio and things like that? The, uh, okay, shout out to OK Let's Go. Hi, Za. Hi, Za. <laughs> Hi, Rajirazi. Hi. Hi. Uh, who else? Was? Dean, he's going to kill me. But yeah, um, they are on Spotify and they are number one in Asia. Oh, that's amazing. What right do we talk now. about? Sorry, uh, it's a digress. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um... Their podcast is about... It's just... Because in the Malay community, you know how... Mm. Basically, in, in Asian community, you know how conservative we can be, mm-hmm. especially being Malay and Muslim. Mm-hmm. When you mix those two, people can get really conservative. But mm. they are... I think... They're going to kill me if I get this wrong. But I think <laughs> on a personal view, their podcast actually, like I say, open a huge topics of Pandora box of mm. topics that people don't dare to talk about in real I life see. like if you have conversations it's the raw conversations but they talk about divorce mm. they talk about weight they talk about all sorts of stuff like uh, just the unpretty stuff that yeah. people don't really mm, I guess sometimes it's not even socially acceptable to talk about y- yeah. like a, in a proper conversation it's true It's tr- uh, I just listened to them like a couple of days ago now I can't remember at the top of my head. I don't know why it's blank but yeah they talk about topics that people just won't touch on but interesting and it's in English uh, they have they did uh, a mixture of both English and Malay as well Okay, okay. Mm. Oh, super interesting. Okay, sorry. I really <laughs> come back to your podcast. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so do you see yourself, um, you know, maybe if some business re- reaches out to you and mm. say they like your content, they think that it's similar in terms of concept, you know. a question, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's say, let's say maybe um, like a, a place that... Um, that's mental he- what, what is it called like mental health mental organization health. Um, I don't know what, what are they call it uh, not really social work but yeah just maybe a, a social a enterprise yeah social or like or, or um, some sort of psychiatric clinic reaches out to you and say oh, oh you know what we think that your yeah we think that your content is, is really helpful for people mm. and then if you can uh, yeah if we can sponsor your post and then you can mention us that kind of thing would you do it I think maybe for right now that's a very that's a very good question I think for right now um, if it's a non-profit organization mm-hmm. or if it's medical mm-hmm. 
psychiatrists mm. or probably just stand-up comedians. <laughs> Completely fine because you should listen to it. There's a lot of stingers and I'm, I'm sarcastic as hell in there. But um, I think for right now, if organizations were to reach out to me, mm. yes, for sponsorships, mm-hmm. if they want me on their event to be on a show, mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be an arrangement, but I don't think like if they want to buy me over, like can I buy you over? Like how you know? Okay, so you don't want like one sponsor that's like sponsoring your show, and then because that kind of dictates or, yeah. or it will I think I'm going to be prissy as well. I'm going to be like prissy in the sense that I'm going to choose which organization if it's for the as long as it's for the good. Mm. If there's no money in it to be in in all honesty, I mm. think I would. If it's for the community, if it's okay. for people who are like ha- you know having mental issues or stuff mm. like that. I would. I see. So it can be a non-profit that that you agree with, and you you agree with their values and what they're doing, mm. and you just give a free shout out and like yeah. talk about them. Even. I would. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, oh. But monetizing it in the sense that you know, like making money out of it. If I have listeners who wants to pay, in oh my god, thank god, yes. But if there's not, then I'm completely fine with it because it's ultimately the craft itself. Uh, yeah. Broadcasting. Mm. What do you think about? the market in Singapore because now we know it's not that big yet mm. yeah and like h- how do you see that in the future I, I mm, I'm i gonna like start on a very positive note I think I'm very positive of the podcasting market here in Singapore even though like to be really honest like most of the time like everybody in Singapore they don't listen to local podcasts because there's very few there's a scarcity mm-hmm. of it but it is on the rise not because that there's no local local podcasters, there are a lot of podcasts in the whole wide world. The demographics will be listening to podcasts other than Singapore podcasts. But I am positive that it's on the rise. Huh? Actually, one one thing that I think about also mm. is, as a Singaporean podcaster, should you cater to just a Singapore audience or like you know do something that's more I'm international really my head. Right? <laughs> yeah because I guess there are just too little people here to really have I think as cliche as it sounds go big or go home really it's mm. true as in like I don't know it's just me personally I always think of it that if you want to go small mm. Then you will stay that way for a very long time. But you gotta, yeah. you have to think of the bigger picture of everything that you do. You see, yeah. like for me, the reason why I started AOCA is because I, of course, I want to connect with my own local people, definitely. But it would be awesome if you can get on an international platform. It doesn't work out here. Probably might work out in Indonesia. You don't know what mm. the demographics are mm. there mm. as well. Um, so, no, I think go big or go home, man. I think international would be good. Um, but, um, I mean, there are some YouTubers mm. and all that that, you know, specifically cater to Singaporeans. Mm. And I'm asking this question also, obviously, because of language, right? Mm. It, it will determine what kind of language you're going to use. Mm. Are you going to speak more Singlish that's, that uh, probably can connect with more people here, mm. but it will put a barrier to international audience? Or, or you know, do you want to speak in a more proper mm. English? I think in that context, that's where a really good podcast host or in general any host it is mm-hmm. you should be versatile to be casual and formal as well I mm-hmm. think that would do you good for a very long time I know it's very difficult to switch yeah, but I agree but w- w- because in that sense the the content would be quite different right? if you mm. or do you think that you can do both like some episodes are more geared towards Singaporeans or even different series maybe 
Mm, I think that's why AOC actually has a formal and informal ah, side okay. because it shows like how I can be formal mm-hmm. and I have um, like a huge knowledge of a palace of knowledge which I research on and also an offside which is I just speak Singlish. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important for for any podcasters who are going to start a podcast. Think big. Mm. Not for the money but think international. You can't just love your own local country yes but think big for your own podcast to help everyone else in the whole white world as well that's my only mm. advice yeah mm. okay yeah I, I just always wonder if there's no market you know for mm. something that's super local in a sense because mm. or maybe you just have to be the best like you have to be that one like funniest most exciting most interesting mm. like local one that everyone tunes into like if not then there's just no point right I think it's the stitching of it's the stitching of stories as as well. If you can stitch your whole content of story, <coughs> excuse me, um, of formal and informal mm-hmm. and casual at in one whole content, I think that would be awesome as well. But it's in the way of how you actually structure the whole mm, story. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, hmm, that's really good advice. <laughs> good thing to think about. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So just now you were sharing uh, the episode oh, I forgot the scientific name TN again. you can just use TN that's what TN. they call it TN oh, okay. mm. TN uh, what about some other episodes that were memorable <laughs> shout out to Danny as well uh, from the Economical Rice uh, podcast I was Economical a, Rice podcast yeah I was a, they don't talk about <laughs> Economical Rice right <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny is someone I was fortunate enough to be a guest on his show mm. so it was memorable as well um let me think. We talked about our <laughs> favorite podcast, mm. which is awesome. It's always awesome to have a guest on the show, yeah. you know. But also, other than that, I think from my monologues, um, the other memorable one was um, actually the most recent one. I was looking at my stats that time. Uh, it was gender number one. Where are you? I was talking about gender equality. No, not the new age feminism way, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that was memorable because I had a lot of emails from listeners mm-hmm. coming to me and telling me that thank you for actually coming out. I, I didn't expect that at all. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming out uh, with that uh, content and episode because it actually one lady actually told me that the after listening to that her husband was actually much more mm. paying much more attention to her. I was like. What? Oh, that's amazing! See, plus such a wave. I was yeah. like, wait, and she was all the way from like what New York. Okay, wow. Like, because I use Anchor as a platform, mm. so it distributes it okay. to everywhere else. So that's why the main demographics mm-hmm. of my listeners are actually from the states mm-hmm. itself. You see, interesting. But that was interesting. Yeah. So can can you just like say a little bit about about the episode? episode? Yeah. So, uh, gender. I see it's my own podcast. I forgot because it was way back. Uh, I forgot the title itself, but it was gender number one. I, I was talking about gender uh, equality, meaning to say that sometimes there's always a comparison between a man and a woman. It's gonna mm-hmm. go on forever and on and on and on. But I always think that families are <laughs> families are gonna be like, what? What did you say? But anyways, um, <laughs> the reason why I wrote gender number one was mm-hmm. because for me, I think that women are already on a number one place itself. If you're talking about like rankings one and two, I always think that women are already on a higher place, no numbers included, on a higher place to all beings because of the things that we do and the difficulties that we go through. And sometimes it's kind of hard for men and women to actually get in, uh, get 
to the center of understanding mm-hmm. each other. I was doing the episode in a way that I was trying to not win men over, but I was trying to make the world see the difficulties that the men that men went through as well. Looking from the windows of stories from my dad and my brothers as well, it's mm. not easy being a man. Oh yeah, definitely. As I, much yeah. as it's not easy being a woman, it's not easy being a man as yeah, well. I think it's different. I, I think about this a lot too, and I right? feel like when I was a uh, when I was younger, I always mm. feel that. I wish I was a guy. Mm. Right? It's so much better. I can be better at sports. Uh, just everything is much easier. You know, I can go home later. Like no one's really going to be worried yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, but the stigmas that they go through, like the emotions that, like mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Let's face it. We grew up with men always like, oh, you're a man. You're not supposed to cry. Yeah. So definitely, like the toxic mas- masculinity is not helpful for either side. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. So that was what I was trying to uncover mm. in uh, gender number one as well and trying to make the world... I don't know. People just like putting labels on everything. Like, I'm a feminist. Yeah. I'm a this. I'm a dad. I'm a da- I have too much labels are being used. Uh, so Yeah, and, and the labels are helpful, you know, sometimes, but mm. a lot of times it also stops us from actually trying to speak to each other more. <laughs> Yeah, and they, if, once you put labels, you just give power to everything that doesn't have power. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'll go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah, because it's something I think about a lot as well. I think my brain is like scattered brain. If you know me personally, it's like everywhere and that's all. <laughs> oh, noises. it's you know quite a while back. I had to I had to refer to my own episodes to like, be like what did I talk about? Yeah. Yeah, but that's one more good tip as well. You also listen to your own podcast as well, right? Actually, it was really difficult to do that because. Uh, I think as everyone knows, your own voice sounds pretty different as mm. you, when you listen to it through a recording. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm quite, honestly, I was quite embarrassed to listen to myself talk. <laughs> no, <laughs> I completely understand. Yeah. I listen to myself and I'm like, oh my God, you're so fake. Should I can stand it. Please uh, don't do that. I'm I like, it happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. So how do you get over that? Mm, I think with, just have a go with it. Yeah, Even yeah. when you know that, you know, sometimes... Most of the time, I don't care about what people say. If it's constructive criticism, mm, yes. Mm. But um, I think when you listen back to a podcast, the most important thing is trying to see whether your conversation and whether your monologue is relatable and it's good content. So do you actually, you know, if you listen back and find that something is not exactly right, do you, will you re-record and then Yeah, I would. Mm. I would. I would do that a lot of times because uh, one, I'm self-critical mm, <laughs> in, a, in a sense that I'm not a perfectionist. No, I can't do that. But I'm self-critical in a way that, yeah, this could be better. Yeah, so yeah. Just gonna so actually, how do it. you record? Do you, if, uh, is it, do you have little cuts where you read out from or little pointers? That's another good question as well. Uh, if you want to know how I do my podcast, it's actually mm-hmm. on a very generic uh, term. I use my phone. Mm-hmm. I download the Anchor app. Mm-hmm. This is very manual. For whoever is going to start podcast, do not do this because it's going to, it's going to be time consuming. I use my phone. I use my iPhone microphone. Mm-hmm. I do have a microphone at home, but I don't know why. I just prefer using my phone. Okay, iPhone is actually not too bad. Right? Yeah. Um, and I record the tracks on my phone in Anchor. And then from there, um, on my computer itself, I would bring... The files would be there because it's recorded in mm-hmm. Anchor itself, mm-hmm. right? So I open Anchor on my laptop and then I would edit it uh, I would download the files and edit it in GarageBand okay so you 
I assume you don't you don't do everything at one go, right? It will be like snippet. Like you record this portion and then you take a break and then you take a. I portion. would record um, the main stuff, the voiceovers and the intros and everything in Anchor itself and then okay. download and then edit at one shot. Mm. That's how I do it. Okay, yeah, so you don't take layer. little breaks. Mm. Because I, I think it will be quite difficult, especially if you're not reading from a script, right? It will be quite difficult to not have any pause and not have any yeah, yeah, scrubs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's really... Like I said, when you're doing monologues, it's actually difficult because I think the my problem is editing mm. part because it's mm-hmm. I'm not heavy on editing. Mm-hmm. I try not to do editing that much, but to put the, you know, the yeah, nuances together, in between, yeah. Definitely. And to make it flow well, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, totally get through the technical. So any maybe tips on the technical side of editing or recording podcasts? Use Audacity. <laughs> watch, Instead of GarageBand. <laughs> watch lots of tutorial on, oh, there's actually, actually my boyfriend actually put uh, a tutorial on how to edit. No, I think Audition as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. But that's a paid program. I, I don't know. I have it but I don't know how I use it but yeah my advice would be it's actually really similar to Audacity because I was using that before was it? yeah 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 it's really I'm similar. trying to learn it but I just don't have the time to you know uh, just go yeah, through yeah I, I use it very basically also so Audition is good as well yes yeah. but again you have to have the Adobe subscription exactly yeah. Um. so my advice would be watch lots of tutorials mm. I did not go to any school for all of this mm-hmm. but watch lots of tutorials learn from all the other podcasters make friends with podcasters share what you know learn from them and just you know um, reciprocate what they give you back that's mm. all yeah so it's everyone building up this mm. whole community together yeah, right? that's right mm-hmm. perfect okay I think that's like a good point to end this <laughs> conversation yes yes and please tell us where the listeners can find you uh, so if you want to listen to A Dossier uh, It actually has An official Instagram as well You can type uh, A Dossier I come out There's lots of marketing Can you spell that again? Okay so it's uh, A-E Dot Dossier You can just search uh, A-E Space Dossier On Instagram And then you'll find uh, The Instagram page If you want to listen to me You can actually It's on Spotify It's on iTunes Because it's distributed By Anchor um, It's on Castbox but my main ones would be Spotify okay. and iTunes. Okay. That's where you can find me. Mm-hmm. Great. And what if people want to reach out to you? So uh, for right now, most of the time I spend my time at work. Mm-hmm. So you can <laughs> reach me via my LinkedIn, which is Shida Osman. Or you can uh, reach out to me via Instagram. Mm-hmm. I use What's Instagram? Two. Instagram is Shida underscore Osman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Please uh, shout out to Shida. Yes. I don't know, maybe. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, Gigi. That was a really good session. It was really fun. We're, we're like back to back. She just interviewed me and I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. She just talked to me. Now I'm talking to her. Yep, yep. That's right. It's oh a very God. good oh, interview. Great chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for coming once again, Shia. Nice business. to have you. Thank you, Gigi. Bye. Bye bye. That was the podcast show powered by Pitch Media Asia. The podcast show is where we feature the journeys of the best and upcoming podcast hosts here in Asia. If you want to be a part of that journey, tune in to soundcloud.com slash the podcast show Asia, or you can contact me on LinkedIn to be on the show. My name is Shida Osman.